My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yes, we are so here for you, aren't we, Shelly? So glad to be here. Shelly Krause, BFF in the house. I know. Thank you. I feel like it's been a long time. I know you're slacking. I'm sorry. What's up? I know all my fans are going to be upset. <laughs> you probably have more than I do, actually. I? <laughs> uh, I got out of school first, meaning my children did, and yours just got out of school last week, right? This week, yes. And I keep calling my youngest my only child now because my 17-year-old, he's gone all the time. Yeah. My 15-year-old's at Idra Haji. Just put in a plug-in for that. Yeah. And so I just look for her only child. Where are you? Would you like to come with me? And yeah, she's here today. Well, at least you have a third. I don't have one to do that with now. Yeah, because my teenager definitely got a lot. I do drag my 11-year-old with me whether she likes it or not. Yeah, so. I, um, I want to welcome you, uh, any mom, dad, or kid who's out there today. You see from the introduction to the show that I recognize that our society does a very bad job of, of lifting up motherhood and family and that uh, much of our world is focused on what's on the screens and what is on the screens often does not honor you if you're a mom, a dad, or a kid in a family structure. It's just, it's not there to help you with that. It, it, it'd rather lift up other things. And we're actually going to talk about that today. We have a very uh, successful couple in the house today, and they have a brutal story to share because for a while they were in that place that the world lifts up, which is all about money and all about status and prestige and big houses and nice cars and, and uh, fame. I'm not sure if they would claim fame, but it's all that arena that they played in that the world honors, but that does not satisfy. And so we're going to talk to uh, first the gentleman of the couple and then the wife. And I'm, I'm <laughs> avoiding the names because I'm terrified. I'm not going to say the last name right, even though I've known Trish for years. But we have Stu and Trish. Just go ahead and say it. Follendorf. Follendorf. Okay. We got, we got the right name. I have the right name spelling or uh, pronunciation. So, so Trish and Stu are going to join us to tell their story. And I want you to stick around for a number of reasons. This is going to touch on issues that just about every couple out there or every single person can identify with in some way. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about overeating. We're talking about uh, workaholism. We're talking about struggling marriages. We're talking about seeking all that stuff that's uh, held up in our society and being depressed because it's not making you happy. And those are things we hide well. Yeah. Yeah, like you would have looked at them and thought, wow, they drive this and they live oh, here. Right. They've got it going on. But yet, Stu in particular was miserable and has an incredible, uplifting redemption story for, for any person out there who's struggling with an addict or has addiction issues yourself. Um, and, and Trish will come alongside and talk about what it's like to live with that and how their faith walk came along. By the way, if you're an unbeliever, if you're somebody who has no interest in Christ, this is a good story for you too, because that's exactly where Stu was. And he has a really interesting story about how that all turned around. And I love those stories, those redemptive, beautiful, new life stories. I love them. And so I'm excited to have them tell their story. 
just a couple points of business. Remember, we're on ChannelMom.com. Past interviews there for you. you. You know some of the famous people, not that the fame part matters, that we've had on the show. The Duggars many, many times, and Dr. Emerson Egerich, and uh, the guys from Duck Dynasty. Please go there and look at our past interviews, uh, or send another mom that you think this will be a blessing to. We've had a lot of new fans on Facebook and a ton of new followers on YouTube because of the Duggars. Yes, they were on last week. Yeah, they're yes. super popular. I mean, I'm not, I'm not questioning that, but it, like, I don't know. They're this modest little family of 22, 21, um, and people love them, and that they more power to them because they should. They're beautiful They've people. They've been rewarded for that. And, yeah. and quickly, before we get to Stu and Trish, I just want Shelly to do her deal. Um, I love my BFF, and she does a wonderful thing that could probably help you because I know there are a lot of moms out there in a situation where they may need you to help them. So tell folks what you do. Yes, so we have a business ministry. It's called Golden Heart Senior Care, and it's our mission to keep seniors and disabled in their own homes for as long as possible. So we don't want you to move to a facility. We want you to be able to stay home if that's what you want. And so we'll do whatever it takes, anything from cleaning to transportation on up to more personal care, even if it's toileting or even end of life. We'll do that too. Yeah, and Shelly doesn't mention this because she doesn't brag about herself, but she'll come in and sing hymns or write songs for or pray with uh, the folks that they take care of. She's really good about that, and that's why I recommend them. Hailey, what's the number? Yes, so you can call us 303 8 Three five three four two three, and we have a new website. We're a national company, so our website's now more focused locally, and it's goldenheartlittleton.com. Goldenheart, but don't let that scare you. She serves the foothills oh, and yeah, yeah and a lot mountains. of areas. Right. Okay, wonderful, Shell. Okay, so with uh, no further ado, we I want to let you know a little bit more about. Uh, Trish and Stu, and it's Fuhlendorf. Am I saying that correctly? Okay. Um, I should have asked you before we came on the air. That was silly of me. Uh, Stu has led quite a life as a CFO of some very prop- profitable companies and made a very unusual transition to ministry after a major crisis in his life, which I believe is going to help you, uh, which leads me to his wife, the crisis part, uh, who was almost not his wife at one point. Trish has an impressive resume in her own right uh, as a mom and a regional manager for K-Love and Air One here, right here in Colorado. I say that theirs is truly a tale that many people can get hope from, whether you're battling addiction or have a spouse who battles it, whether you've faced a marriage crisis or even gone through overeating or overworking. This story can help change a lot of people's lives. I've watched him give a sermon myself, and it was fascinating, and I knew I had to have him on the show. So welcome, Stu and Trish, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So I'm just going to let, before we take our first break, I'm going to let Stu begin to tell his story, then we'll take a break and he can finish it. And then on tomorrow's show, we're going to focus on what mended it all and how your marriage was saved and, and uh, how God stepped in. But, but first, people need to know how real the story is, how they can identify with what Stu and Trish have been through. Um, you're very honest about, I, I'm, we're on Christian radio, but you're very honest about your crap. Let's just put it out there. That's what it was. It was yucky stuff. Um, so just dive in and tell folks about yourself and, and what happened. Okay. Well, I, um, Trish and I have been married 27 years through all the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Colorado, not, not a believer home. Mm-hmm. Um, after a certain period of time, uh, as uh, a high school student, college student, I started uh, drinking at a, at a pretty early age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through all that, I got married, Trish and I got married, uh, went off to business school after graduating from college and went off to make our wares. And after graduating from business school at the University of San Diego, came back, Trish was actually at the time an aerospace engineer 
And I was a financial manager and at the age of 29 ended up becoming a CFO of a company that ended up going public. And you and kind of became an overnight millionaire. Well, not overnight, but you, you became quickly well-to-do. We did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah growing up with, uh, with nothing and then, you know, um, didn't realize it at the time, but God had blessed us with all kinds of blessings, money, and career, brains, and so forth. And through all of that, I didn't um, recognize God. In fact, um, as I grew older and older, um, I felt at, with, at enmity with, with any concept of God. Um, it was more about me, more and more. And as uh, we realized success in life, um, I was taking on more and more uh, in terms of my own will and my own direction in life. And actually felt at one point in my life that um, anybody who would look at God as necessary in their life was it was just a crutch. And so um, one thing led to another, and I had all kinds of idols in my life. Well, uh, and I want people to understand you had a number of different jobs as a su- very successful CFO of quite successful companies, and you were kind of a mover and shaker. Um, and, and I just want you to, to kind of further that kind of high life with people, literally high life, of, of drinking and, and I know this is Christian radio, but strip clubbing and just all of that. Sure. Could, so why don't you expand? Sure. I'll give you a little bit of a sense. Uh, at, at 29, became a CFO. At 31, we took the company through an IPO, and then at uh, 34 years old, I became a member of the board of directors um, in 1990. Seven, the company was actually named the number one public company in Colorado by the Denver Post, and I served on the board of directors with Dick Monfort, for instance, who owns the Colorado Rockies, um, Bob McNamara, who's from the Northeast that a lot of people might know, and, and others. And so the company did quite well, and um, we used to you know, spend a lot of time together at work, and then we would go off to the bars, and we would actually you know, put business plans together on the back of cocktail napkins mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So yeah, we, we had we had some success, and then in 2000 I went off, became another CFO. We're not yet a Christian, so I'm 38 um, years old, and we moved to Seattle and took another company through an initial public offering in, in Seattle, then became a vice president of mergers and acquisitions in Chicago, came back to Seattle in 2004 and took another company through an IPO, and it's actually on that roadshow that I had a fairly dramatic conversion. But during this time period, my career, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. I um, was drinking more and more as time went on. Uh, I was eating at all the greatest restaurants, and at one point I got up to 300 and 308 pounds, um, maybe maybe higher. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and drinking, like just so folks know that might be able to identify with this story, how much a day? Well, so it grew which often happens with, with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So it started out as being, you know, as parting some in college, and then over time it was, you know, two or three days a week um, during, the, during the weekday. And then at the latter part of my career, uh, as I got, finally got sober some five, year, five years ago or so, uh, I was drinking every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and near, near the end, I was drinking all, near every day, all day, and would get up in the morning and drink. And it, it got to one point where... I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I would have uh, alcohol next to me and I would drink when I woke up just mm-hmm. because I needed to do that. And then I would go back to sleep and I would get up in the morning and I would start drinking. And that's how, that's how I live my life, uh, you know, at the end of all of that. Yeah. And Trish, just briefly before we go to break, well, you know what? No, we're going to go to break because then I want people to hear from her. I want your, you know, five sentence 
description of what it was like when you saw that you had a husband waking up and drinking vodka at 2 a.m. and kind of being a jet setter and, and bringing home a lot of bacon, but not at all there for you as a husband or there for your kids. I'm just, I'm just curious, like, as you lay there, probably sobbing, what that must have felt like um, when we return with Channel Mom. We'll be right back with the Channel Mom Show. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication Hello. to companionship, from fun Whee! to love, from passion Mwah. and purpose to good old intimacy. <gasps> what are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. mom we're so glad to have you uh if you're a struggling mom today struggling dad struggling child struggling teenager i really hope you've tuned in for a reason today that literally god sent you to listen to this particular show no matter where you are at with god he knows uh and i my prayer is that this is going to be a blessing to you today the story that you hear and tomorrow because we're going to continue to tell it tomorrow uh with our friends Stu and trish fuhlendorf um I don't know. When people get real and they tell about their pain and they tell about their struggles, it gives other people permission to get well. Make some deal with it too. Yeah. And so I just hope that, that you'll identify with their struggle. I also hope that if, if you're striving today, if you're striving to be that one bigger, better thing, to have that nicer car, that better salary, that better home, to impress your neighbors, to impress your girlfriends, whatever it is, I hope that you'll get from them today that none of that stuff works. And in the end, it does not fulfill you. So we're going to continue with their story now, Stu and Trish Fullendorf. I'm terrified to say the name every time I say it, but I'm saying it correctly still. Um, get better every time. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're so glad to have them. Uh, Trish actually works for K-Love and Air One as a regional manager. And Stu is now uh, a pastor in his own right. We're going to tell you about that. But he did not used to be a pastor, nor did he have any interest in following God. So we did say we'd come back with Trish explaining how she felt when her husband was at the height of addiction, of, of frankly being unhealthy because he was so overweight, because he was constantly gone and eating and flying on planes and everything else, had the kind of the jet-setting businessman's lifestyle, was never around for you and your kids. Um, marriage was not good. He was not following Jesus, and you were at that point. I was. When, when you lay down on the floor and bawled your eyes out about how you were going to continue to live with a man you loved but who was reeling out of control, what was it that you thought? Well, I, I absolutely thought of leaving him, mm-hmm. um, but as a, I should back up and say that we were not Christians when we met and married. Uh, God saved me at about the age of 36, mm-hmm. and then that created its own drama and problems in our life because we were um, clearly unequally yoked. And, um, but so I just, as a 
new, new believer, I kept turning to God's word and I kept looking for an out mm-hmm. and um, kept, you know, reading and reading and found some scriptures on divorce, learned that um, God hates it. And he does give a couple of out clauses, but didn't either, th- they didn't apply. Because he was sticking around. And if the unbeliever stays... He was sticking around. And so I, I thought, well, I, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. But what I need to glean from this is that God is more concerned with my holiness and that I am honoring the covenant mm-hmm. of our marriage. And it's interesting because the world, many people in the world thought I was a fool. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well they're just going to have to go ahead and think that Mm -hmm. um, because I know that God is the one that I need to please. And I hoped that um, I would be a good witness to my children about the fact that marriage is a covenant. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, um, you're being stoic now, but I I mean, were you ever a lot of time on my knees um, crying out to God? Um, You should see my, my Bible. Um, I wrote prayers all over it, asking, pleading with God to save my husband, um, I, I think I prayed more save him because I knew that if he saved him, then the, the alcohol and the eating and greed and all of that would huh. be okay, huh. would get fixed. I, I want to hear that from him because I do, I, you know, I, of course I know many, like most of us do, addicts and, and people who are not believers. I'm curious about coming to faith in Christ changing your addiction. So I'm, I'm interested to hear about that. So we're going to continue on with Stu and we're going to hear more from you in tomorrow's show. So, so remind people as a businessman where you were. Okay. Okay. Um, so we had reached business wise, some of the highest levels in business. We had, I had taken three companies through initial public offerings. So they went from small companies to large. Um, we had millions of dollars on paper, although not necessarily in our hands, but we were, we were multimillionaires. Um, we bought big, big homes. In fact, one of the first things I did after we bought our first house is had a big, large mahogany bar built in the, in the basement so that I could stock it all with the greatest, um, liquors and beers and so forth in the, in the basement. Um, I especially- How big a house? Just so people know out there because they aim for these things. Yeah. I think, you know, our first house was, you know, 3,500 square feet. And then we bought a home in Evergreen, Colorado that was- Fifty-four hundred square feet, oh, and in Evergreen they're pricey, so that's a that's a nice priced home. Yeah, and then when we were, when we were in Seattle, we bought a, a million dollar piece piece of land, and we were built literally building a uh, a Mediterranean castle on it. That was oh. a, was going to be a great tribute to us. Oh. Uh, and when so we can get into what happened there, but okay, yeah. So. And then you were driving nice cars. Uh, I specially ordered a green British Racing green Jaguar um, that I. When I drove it off the parking lot, it broke down, but that's, that's, we'll, we'll skip Those that Jaguars, part. Those Jaguars, they have a bad <laughs> reputation. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we wanted for nothing. We, um, we flew first class. We took vacations to um, Tahiti. Um, we went to a private island. We, we did all of it. And, wow. and, and the more and more that we did, the more and more we pursued, the more and more we were looking for, the more and more answers I was looking for, um, I never found it. Okay. Um, we don't have a lot of time left, but so here you are, a man, multimillionaire, beautiful homes, building a castle, driving nice cars, lovely wife, children. I mean, 
something that a lot of people aim for. Let's just be honest. Even if they push it away and say, oh, I, I don't buy into all that. They do. And we all have at one point in our lives. I think most of us have. Who were Americans. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and by the way, when I, when I disparage the screens across our country and other media, what I'm talking about is that, th- that they are often holding that up as something to make you happy. Were you happy as a multimillionaire doing very well in business, building yourself a castle? There were times of happiness, but I would say I was generally, generally miserable. And I was looking for answers in, in so many different places, which is obviously the drinking, the career, the money, the food, the material possessions. I was looking for answers and wasn't finding it. And the more and more I was accomplishing, the more and more miserable I was getting. And he was on antidepressants as well, <laughs> along oh, with other meds for yeah. his health because he was so overweight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were living large um, in, in more ways than one, you know, honestly. So we have five minutes left. I want you to tell folks the turning point, And then we're going to talk more about it tomorrow and what happened immediately after the turning point, which may surprise some people. But tell people in the next five minutes your turning point. Okay. Well, after Trish became a Christian, she um, started leaving books around the house all the time. And, and it used to actually really irritate me. So for, there was about an eight year period after she was a Christian where she would leave books around Chuck Colson books and, you know, some guy being saved in a cave or, or whatever. And it used to really irritate me. I'd say, would you quit leaving books around the house like this? I have more important things to read, you yeah, know, registration yeah. statements and wall street yeah. journal and so yeah. forth. But I did start reading, um, some of those off and on. And Trish found a great church in Seattle that she fell in love with, Mars Hill Church. And she asked me to go, and she would ask me many times. I, I wouldn't go. Well, I, I actually finally went to church, and then I, I found the pastor who was preaching, a guy named Mark Driscoll, was fascinating to me. Um, and, in fact, the first sermon I ever remember is he stood in front of the stage screaming about God's sovereignty, you're not God, and thinking to myself, hmm, that's an interesting concept. Uh, and so over time, um, I started going to church more than Trish had me come to a community group. So there was a process involved. But on the IPO, the initial public offering on the roadshow, which is where you're actually selling shares, yeah. I was in London. And it had been some years, a few years of, of a soft, I would call a softening of heart. And I was halfway through the roadshow and I was at the Savoy Hotel in London. And we had a conversation with an investment banker from Morgan Stanley and the CEO about how there was no God. And I said, that makes sense. Um, God creates all the issues in the world and people who are religious. And I went back to the hotel and I felt the, uh, it was a very dramatic conversion experience. This doesn't happen for everybody, but for me, I felt the wave of the Holy Spirit come, up, come over me. And it was, you know, what was Describe that palpably for people really quickly. Uh, I just felt a wave coming over me. Like heat or like... Yeah, it was just a wave. And I fell to my knees and I thought, um, what would the world be like without Jesus Christ? Just, yeah, yeah. Immediately. I mean, I understand that question because I come from a family of unbelievers. It makes me cry. I don't, I mean, I have one adopted cousin in my entire family who believes. So so I get that, that wrecked moment where you really understand, which most of the world does not, you know, much of the world does not, um, how that story is the most poignant, beautiful, perfect story, and only God could come up, come, could come up with it. You know, It's amazing to me that you've sort of been halfway studying him and half-hearted, and then suddenly, you, suddenly you're a Jesus freak overnight. I mean, what was that like? Oh, it was amazing. It was, uh, I felt a joy the next day. I went and presented at a group of shareholders in London, and we had a, a board member walk up to me, happened to be Jewish, and said, are you okay? And I said, he could sense something was different. I said, yeah, I'm okay. Well, I, w- 
I was okay, but things were different. Well, at that, after that, um, I felt a great joy, and I felt like I understood Jesus Christ. But I also, it was at that point forward where it actually got very difficult for a while. Okay. So, okay. And we're going to talk yeah. more about that tomorrow. Trish, in the next two minutes, that's all we have. Tell me how he told you and what your reaction was. In two you know, the interesting thing is, Jenny, he was so um, kind of freaked out. What is this going to look like in my life? Mm-hmm. Here I am, this, you know, CFO of this big company, and, and I, you know, have to work under this board of directors, and I've, you know, I'm this certain person, and now I'm not really that same person. And so he was, I think, frightened. Is that fair to say, oh, Stu? Yeah. Yeah, of what, what is this going to look like? And so he didn't tell me about that conversion experience in London. And the first time I heard it was when he was telling his testimony one time. And I just was like, oh my gosh. So in my world, I didn't see fruit until maybe a year or two <gasps> after. So he did not share with you that he had did decided not. that he believed in Christ. Exactly right, because wow. he was frightened. Wow. That's big. Mm-hmm. Shelly's looking at me. Stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can tell that story another day. Um, okay. I want folks to know that uh, they can get a hold of you both. We have one minute left. Um, so, And maybe you don't want to give out any contact information, Trish, but I want folks to know how to get a hold of you. You're a pastor now at L2 Church in Denver. I am. So tell folks how they get a hold of you. Uh, email stu at l2today.com. So stu at l2today.com. l2today.com. And we'll also put a link. fine, too. Okay, um, go ahead. It's trish at caloveair1.com, and the one is the number one. Okay, trish at caloveair1.com. Um, I want you to feel emboldened and encouraged today that if you feel like God's laid it on your heart that you need to talk to these folks because you need help or someone in your life needs help, don't be afraid. Don't ignore the nudge. Sometimes if we let it go for weeks, we ignore it for too long and then it goes away. So uh, I I do pray this show has been a blessing to you. Uh, We're going to return with them tomorrow. They're going to tell you how it got harder once Stu decided to believe. That can happen. Uh, So we will return with them for more of their story, and we hope that you'll be encouraged because there are some amazing parts of this tale that we hope will bless you. We'll be right back with Channel Mom. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself, and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child 
during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. Welcome back to Channel Mom. Uh, I've so enjoyed uh, and hope you have enjoyed hearing the story of Stu and Trish Fullendorf and man, I think they can help you if you'll just open your heart to what they're talking about. Even if it's not you, it's somebody in your life. They're going to return tomorrow to tell you how it got worse before it got better. And that's going to help you if you're going through a hard time. So tune back in to Channel Mom tomorrow. In the meantime, Mom, if nobody's thanked you today when you're working so hard, please know that I appreciate that you are doing uh, your best to raise the next generation. God bless you. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.